back to Creative Blessings with Father Nico Bekri and Chris Katsakis. And we are, I believe, in episode 10. Yes, we are still in the month of December. You will be seeing our past episode probably by the time you hear this, or not seeing, necessarily hearing, and our special Christmas present to the public, Father Nico's um, keynote speech from Doxicon this year, and you can, it'll be an actual episode, and it's a really clear audio file, maybe even clearer than what we have, so uh, you'll be able to see that as a special episode, or I should say, again, listen. Uh, so now we will uh, commence with this episode of Creative Blessings. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Chris. Great to be back. Thanks again, as usual. <laughs> it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. We're sneaking this one in because it's a busy week for Father and everybody in the holidays, and but it's nice that we can do it. So uh, for sure. So we started speaking last time about uh, peace on Earth and this the the gift of the Spirit, and maybe you can expand on that a bit. Yeah, how's your December going so far? Pretty good. Yeah, I mean uh, we try to focus really on the basics, although so many distractions right now between, uh, you know, with the child in school and extracurricular activities and so many events for kids. So you got to kind of pick and choose your battles. <laughs> I call them battles because oh, yeah. you got to pack them up, get them going. Uh, being an older parent with a younger child, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes I need a vacation from my weekends. They seem busier these <laughs> days <laughs> than my weekdays. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, there are times, uh, I, I hear you, man, there are times as a parent where uh, going to the workplace seems a little bit easier or a little bit uh, less energy, takes yeah. less energy than being taking care of your kids at home. My son, it's all great. It's, my son started basketball Saturday, and I thought we were starting at 9, and I saw the schedule at noon, and I, yep, yippee, I get one day to sleep in a little bit. Because <laughs> Sunday, yeah, we get up early for church, and every other day is early. <laughs> what was it that uh, Zorba the Greek said in that movie? He says, uh, he says, Zorba, are you married? The guy asked him, he says, yes, I have a wife and kids, the full catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my favorite, my favorite saying in that is splendiferous. <laughs> splendiferous. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean I don't mean catastrophe by the yeah. way. In my own life. I yeah, know. It's, yeah, I know your joke. But um, anyway, Kazatzaki had a way of expressing things. Oh yes, he did. Anyway, yes. So yeah, this is you know from our from our end, uh, this is the first year. So Cristo is four and a half now, yeah. and this is the first year that he kind of understands about um, Santa Claus and yeah. everything. Like you know. He'll see a Santa Claus in the mall now or at a shop or something, and he's like, oh, I know who that guy is, and I want to go talk to him or whatever. It was really cute. We saw him at um, an outdoor shopping center here, and the weather's still been pretty good in California, the Bay Area, even though it's December now. Um, but, uh, you know, we were we, we saw a, Santa, a guy dressed as Santa we, – we saw a Santa Claus in the mall, and uh, uh, on the way back, um, Cristo in the car was like, mama, baba, we should get some candy – and take it back to Santa Claus, Aww. so he could have, so he can have some candy too. Oh, sweet! <laughs> it was, it was really sweet. So I don't know. We haven't. Uh, we were just talking the other day about, you know, if we want to do picture, if we want to risk pictures with Santa yet, and and all that stuff. But anyway, oh, we were doing it since, 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 since Dean was a baby, baby, and uh, if the first How one, he, first one, uh, he well, not not an infant. I shouldn't say that. From one, well, by the time he was past his first birthday, he was already a year and a half. So. He he was. I have a picture of him holding an Elmo, and he sees Santa, and it just he lights up like a light, and it's so cute. It's a lovely picture of him holding. And as a little boy, he had a lot of hair, 
still has a lot of hair, but he looked like he had a Harry Hamlin hair. Do you like Perseus? <laughs> so I said, my little Perseus. And it just was a cute picture, a little blue sweater on. And uh, he's standing in, like, in front of a gate, and I just zoomed in on him. So the gate's real tall, and there he is looking through the bars. So he looks like he's in jail. But he, <laughs> he's holding <laughs> Elmo and all excited to see Santa. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. That's great. Are things, uh, so, you know, we, we wanted to talk a little bit, not just about Christmas, but about the Christmas spirit in this episode and maybe how that relates to philanthropy. Uh, I would imagine, <clears throat> is Janet a little busier this time of year at the food bank as well? Well, she's always busy because she works in an HR capacity. So, but she's also, oh, yeah. I mean, she's working in every, ever, well, you could say every department. Um, her title is Talent Management Administrator, so she kind of is like the conduit to every department. So she's very busy. And yes, they're super busy. I think for Thanksgiving, they gave out 12,000 turkeys alone. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. They had actually more last year. They didn't get any many, as many donations this year. But being a food bank, they're part of the Feeding America initiative. So in each state, you have pantries and food dispensaries that are the smaller ones, like at the churches, like yourself, or, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of a community effort. And the food banks are the ones that sell the food. They're like a, a little, little like a warehouse, like a Costco or a BJ's. On one right. side is the food, right. one side is the offices, and they sell the food at a discounted rate. Um, and then they get a lot of donated food from, you know, grocery chains and things like that. And they have to sort it and determine which is not perishable and is, is able to give out and things like that. So, yeah, it's a very, uh, you know, they have over 50 employees. You know, they have a full CEO team, uh, executive team with CEO. And so, yeah, they're constantly busy uh, out there, you know, making strategic partnerships, getting corporations and other philanthropists on board. And one in three children, I believe, it might be four, one in three or four children in south, southern New Jersey which is a four, just our Fort County area goes without a meal every day. So mm. you can imagine on a, a global scale or even just the national scale, you know, we're sure. one of the richest countries, if not the richest country in the nation, and we still can't feed everybody. So that's a problem. And mm -hmm. proper nutrition, sure. and that's what the, the food bank focuses on is not just donating like your the foods you don't eat or the pastas or the carbs, but, you know, they teach them healthy initiative, uh, healthy eating, how to prepare things on a budget that are healthy for children and healthy for the adults so they're not just uh, shoving processed food down their throat which will even make them sicker so right yeah there's a right. lot of components to it and they, you know, it's a noble effort and she loves her job and uh, I think everybody there is there because they love what they're doing giving back mm -hmm. so it is for sure yeah yeah, I mean, when I was in San Francisco um, for seven years, you know, towards the end, we started a soup kitchen at our church, and it's still going, and it was wonderful. Um, we went back this last weekend for a, um, a special fundraising luncheon for the seminarians from the metropolis of San Francisco, and I, I saw somebody there who still works at the soup kitchen at the cathedral, and uh, he said that they have like 150 um, coming each soup kitchen, which is great, and they wow. cook for a lot, and... I think they cooked, I want to say, 13 turkeys for Thanksgiving, and they have a big Christmas dinner planned as well for uh, for them. It's always the third Tuesday of the month, um, so uh, it's just it's just thrilling to see how the Holy Spirit is working in this way. But but yeah, we always so we had a food bank also that that our parish volunteers shopped at for the for our soup kitchen, and it was you know near it was also in downtown San Francisco, and 
um, or, or actually on, on Potrero Hill. Um, and they always did stuff for the holidays. They always had special stuff that you could buy or hand out. Um, so that you could, so that pantries or soup kitchens could then distribute it during the holidays, um, because homelessness is very much a problem, and, and feeding people is a problem, and it's not always even the people on the street that you see. It's even people who have nice clothes and look really, oh, you know, well well dressed and are middle class and have a house. But you'd be surprised sometimes, especially in a very expensive uh, area like where where I live. Um, you know, for cost of living is ridiculous. Um, people can go without meals. So it's uh, anyway, so December was always a really cool month because you could do a lot of different things for the holidays and and with the with the Christian, uh, you know, Christmas spirit uh, very much infused in everything, um, you know, for for the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you make a great point that, um, you know, you see people all walks of life. I mean, you, you can have people that were very affluent and may have lost everything in the stock market or a downsizing in a job uh, or disease, you know, serious illness can wipe out a family's um, uh, financial uh, well-being. And I've seen it happen over and over. And, uh, you know, I think there's this kind of perception in America that it's just homeless people or people that are indigent. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, there's all sorts of walks of life that are struggling, and the cost of living keeps rising. The salaries are not matched with the cost of living. Um, you know, two-parent households is a common thing now. You, it's very rare, unless you're a doctor uh, or lawyer, that you probably have a stay-at-home mother or someone who's a higher-up. Uh, you, you have a lot of uh, couples uh, working not only two jobs, but sometimes three jobs, just to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, we just we count our blessings, right? Absolutely. As yeah. long as we have our health and we have our food and we wake up the That's next it. day, we should be thankful just for that. Some people live in fear every day waking up or persecution or um, mm -hmm. who knows what, you know. Who knows what, exactly. So, yeah, awesome. Well, um, so it's, it's, it's funny that we actually, you know, I didn't even mean to talk about... Uh, the food bank and all this philanthropy that, that Janet does, but it's a perfect lead into what I wanted to talk about today a little bit. So we talk about Christmas spirit and giving during the holidays because that also tends to be kind of as I alluded to with, you know, the food banks and soup kitchens and stuff. Um, giving during uh, the holidays is also very, very common. Um, from a practical standpoint, you know, it's the end of the year and people want to give as many donations as possible, you know, in part because of their taxes, um, you know, for their, for their donations. Uh, for the tax write-offs, yeah, but the at the same time, yeah. for the deductible uh, deduction, yeah, exactly. So, um, so there's that component to it, but also because you know there's there's the spirit of giving is very common, and as we give gifts to our loved ones under the Christmas tree, we also think about giving, you know, to uh, the church and giving to charities and giving to all kinds of agencies that are helping people who are underprivileged, you know, during the holidays as well. And um, I talked a little bit about this theme. Um, a little bit. I mean, you know, at my in my talk at Doxicon, because I think, you know, given that we're we're creative blessings and we talk a little bit about you know comics as well as our faith, um, I was thinking about kind of what to talk about for this particular topic with Christmas, and my mind immediately went to my favorite uh, Superman story of all time. It, it. I mean, depending on my mood, it's either one or two. I know I've talked about it or I've mentioned it a couple of times here before, but. Um, there's a story, there's a book that came out about 20 years ago, uh, late 90s, fully painted, um, and it's a graphic novel, so it's, um, it's not as long as, like, let's say, um, 
you know, a full collection of comics that you might find at the library or, or the bookstore. But um, there was a wonderful, wonderful graphic novel that came out in the late 90s called Superman Peace on Earth. And it takes place during Christmas time. And I wrote a, I wrote a, a, a blog about it a couple of years ago uh, on my blog. And I talked about it a little bit at Doxicon as well. So apologies. Um, you, you, people may have heard it who are listening to this podcast episode too. But it takes place during the holidays. And it's literally, I mean, it really feels to me like, you know how we kind of have that go-to movie during the holidays that kind of encapsulates everything about the spirit of the season and maybe the spirit of that character that we love. Um, like It's a Wonderful Life, which we talked about last time a little bit. Um, Peace on Earth for me is that story um, with Superman. And if uh, if you'll allow me, I wanted to get into it a little bit um, because I think the messages are great. And, uh, you know, it definitely um, inspires me during the season as well with, you know, with feeding and, and with the kind of things that we talk about. So um, the, the book begins by, you know, Superman bringing a gigantic Christmas tree, <laughs> as corny as that sounds, but it's great. It's, you know, you eat it up during this time of year. Um, he brings this gigantic Christmas tree to like a Rockefeller type center um, at uh, in Metropolis. And, you know, they decorate it and then they turn it on together just like they do every year in New York. As he's flying away, he notices that there's this, you know, girl in the crowd who's like kind of collapsed <laughs> over mm-hmm. in the middle of the crowd. And he he hears her heartbeat kind of very faint, and so he swoops in and he picks her up, and he realizes that she's very thin. Um, I talked about this, like I said, this this very page, but it's uh, you know already at my talk in my keynote, but um, it's worth mentioning again, you know, now that we're in the holidays. So he he sees that she's very malnourished, um, she's starving, um, you know, she's dressed okay, but she just you know for whatever reason has collapsed in the cold. So he takes her to a shelter. Um, he he you know. Gives her. He meets the volunteers who are helping there, and the volunteers basically tell him, you know, we we have food and, and a bed for her for now, but we don't have, you know, enough enough places for all the for all the need that's that's here. So Superman kind of goes back, and as Clark Kent, he does a little bit of research. You know, he does some investigating investigative reporting. He 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 looks at the entire problem of you know um, hunger in the world. And he resolves during this Christmas season to eliminate the world's hunger for one day. And he goes to the he goes to uh, Congress and he asks all the countries of the world to help and however they can and you know giving grain and staples and stuff. And he says, you know, you bring it here and I'll I'll fly it all over the world to wherever it, to wherever we can you know wherever it's needed, just to see if we can eliminate hunger just for one day, just for one day. Um, it's a beautiful beautiful premise and one of the things i was saying in my keynote um is that it demonstrates how much i love the character of superman because really i don't see how you could do this kind of a story with really anybody else i mean maybe wonder woman she's very kind of virtuous as well um but this is the kind of story of the squeaky clean good guy that i really that i really enjoy um anyway so it's this beautiful story about how he starts taking the grain all over the world. He takes it to some countries um, where they don't expect him and really appreciate it. He takes it to some countries that are war torn. And, you know, even though the food is appreciated, there's a lot more need as well. And it doesn't really make much of a dent. And he has to come to terms with that reality as well. Um, He takes it to some countries that don't want help at all. So, uh, it's this really kind of beautiful exploration, um, also kind of a sobering uh, exploration of humanity, um, 
and how, you know, different people are hungry for different reasons and some of them good and some of them bad, you know, and, uh, um, he has to kind of navigate his way through these things. I won't give away the ending, although the ending is very thought-provoking as well. But the story is ultimately very, very beautiful. The art is amazing. It's fully painted by Alex Ross, who's my top one or two favorite artists of all time. Um, it encapsulates uh, the Christmas season in a very beautiful and very meaningful way. And it also encap encapsulates the character of Superman in a very meaningful way. I got to tell you... Um, I appreciated stories like this as a kid, but now that I have become a priest, I, I, I say this a lot. I, I've been ordained uh, 11 years, um, three years as a deacon, eight years as a priest, going on nine now. And uh, as a priest, I can tell you I appreciate stories like this so much more than I did as a kid because, you know, when you're kind of um, on the front lines um, dealing with people who have a great deal of need, whether it's hunger or anything – um, you realize how much need is out there, um, and any kind of relief that can be brought to people is something that brings a great deal of you know warmth to everyone's heart. You know, not just to the people who hear about it, but also the people who are doing the serving. And that's why it's so important and and um, uh, encouraging for everybody to do. You know, during the holidays, we are reminded of what we have been given, and we share by giving back a portion of that to God. So. Um, the story, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's applicable for all ages, um, whether a, an adult wants to read it or, you know, a kid wants to read it. It might be a little more challenging, but um, it's a great story. It's called Superman Peace on Earth. It is probably my favorite Christmas story, period. Um, there's a lot of movies and specials that I like, too, but this one really, you know, moves me so much every time I read it to the point of tears. Um, probably the only... Um, graphic novel that does that um, but I totally recommend it again Superman Peace on Earth um, it's been collected in a couple of different collections uh, if, you, if you google it on Amazon um, you, I'm sure you can find it there you can probably find a copy at your library um, if I were to give one pick for the Christmas season of a book that Father Nico likes to read that's you know that's fictional um, that's definitely it for me I believe they have a soft cover and a hard cover version right you said Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, I, th I think it's I think the collection because it's it's part of a series of graphic novels that was done. It's the only one that takes place during Christmas, but they did one right. for Wonder Woman, one for Batman. That's right. That collection I think is called World's Greatest or World's Greatest Superheroes or something right. like that. Kind of a nod on the '80s cartoon title. Yes, yes. Uh, the like, super, super Friends is called that sometimes. But anyway, I digress. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I actually have not read it myself, so. I'd like to see how Alex, because I think he, he actually co-wrote it with Paul Dini. So I think he not just did the art, but he wrote it too. So I want to yeah. check that out. I mean, one I of actually, my favorites is Kingdom Come and Marvels. That he oh did. yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Love both of those. I'm actually I'm actually selling the original issues of Kingdom Come on eBay right now, and right. I didn't even realize they're they they went they're going for a lot more money than I thought because of the. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth right now, I think, with the cameo of Kingdom Come Superman in there with Brandon Routh. But but anyway, that's I, I digress again. Uh, yeah, Alex Ross, I actually met him at a book signing when I was in college when he was publishing an art book. And he said that Superman – I asked him who his favorite character to draw is, and he said Superman. So um, he really incorporates a lot of great imagery in this graphic novel. Like there's, there's very clear kind of – there's the usual, you know, super heroic poses and stuff. But there's also some – really beautiful kind of inspirational uh, images because it's a Christmas special as well where he almost looks kind of angelic. Um, there's a shot of him kind of juxtaposed against the statue of uh, Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro when he's bringing grain to the poor 
in Rio. Uh, it's really beautiful stuff. I totally recommend it. Just even Googling um, Alex Ross or Superman Peace on Earth and, and seeing the images that come up, it's just breathtaking stuff. It's great. Wonderful. Well, there's a maybe a Christmas gift for some people out there who might be looking for something unique. <laughs> and, and if they have a loved one who loves Superman, so um, keep that in mind. You probably find it more on a used collection, or if you went into actual comics. Sure. Book, yeah. Sure. I don't know. Barnes and Noble yeah, so might you, still be able to get it. Who knows? Yeah. I just say type it into Amazon. It'll come up. There you go. Yeah. And you can say it's endorsed by a Greek Orthodox priest. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a, if that makes any difference. But anyway, Eight months. Comics. <laughs> who knows? So. Uh, so yeah. So our our uh, trivia portion today, Chris. I guess it's my turn. Last week you asked me. Um, some questions about the Flash, um, which was fun, by the way. And thank Dean again for doing that. That was cool. Yeah, he enjoyed it. Yes. I have, I have some. Oh, sorry. No, he said, "Can I be on this week?" I said, "Ah, we'll, we'll bring you in ever so often." He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> very cool. Um, okay. Yeah, you should be very proud, man. He's a great. He's a great young man. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Same, same with yours. When I will meet them, <laughs> I haven't met them. Thank first. you. <laughs> Only yeah, don't don't them. say don't say it. Yeah, don't say okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Well, you never know with PKs, priests, kids, or pastors. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's some truth to that. But yeah. uh, no, they're great. They're great. They're good. Keep them in your prayers. I absolutely will. Always. Thank you. So anyway, so I had a couple questions for you for this month and this week. Uh, I'm actually doing. Uh, the trivia is not our, our usual sports or comics or movies, but I want to actually give you a little bit of trivia about the Feast of the Nativity, which is Christmas, um, according to the Orthodox tradition. So some liturgical oh trivia here. Oh, so boy. Questions. <laughs> Put the Orthodox worry, Christian I... on the spot. <laughs> like a, well, spoken like be... a true priest. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, it's, it's okay. I think I figure this could be educational for everybody listening, too, yeah. in, addition, in addition to you and, and to me, of course. So, okay. yeah. So I just have three questions, and, and here we go. So question number one. Uh, in the story of the nativity, of Christ's birth, um, we hear about how the wise men followed a star. The wise men followed a star. And the star led them from the east um, to the place where the child was born uh, with Mary, his mother. And it's even in our hymnography, and it's in the scriptures. Right. Quick question. And this is an easy one because it's a yes or no answer. Was it an actual star? Or was it something else? Uh, I believe it might have been one of the planets, like Jupiter or something, was brighter or something. I could be wrong. That is, that well, that, I'm sure that's been a theory in, in other places, but according to St. John Chrysostom, that is incorrect. Okay. It was it was not a star, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because the star led them, you know, and as, as they moved, the star moved. Comet. And if you read this... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, so here's so here's the thing. It says that the star, when they when they finally got to the place where the child was, right. the star hovered basically over the place where it was. So in other words, it led them. They followed it. It kept moving, and finally, when it got to, it came and stood over Mary and Jesus. So according to the fathers of the church, it was not a star. It was actually an angel. Oh. Okay. I was okay, gonna say actually, I was gonna say UFO spaceships, but <laughs> but you know, like hey, TV, hey, you know, they, you know, they could be sent from God. <laughs> they could be angels. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So if you put if you put an angel on top of your Christmas tree or a star, in reality, it's the same thing according okay. to the Orthodox Church. I think that I, I, think that I, came I, most see, I thought I, I was thinking angel, but I didn't think you were gonna go that 
you know, literal it with literal with it. So I thought, oh, maybe they, you know, that it was a time of the the conjunction of the stars and Jupiter wasn't in line. <laughs> so I overanalyzed I probably, it. I probably asked the question in, in a way that kind of led, made it seem that way. But yeah. so the reason the reason Chrysostom and, and other saints talked about this explicitly was because they wanted to make it very clear because there was so much paganism still in their day, and a lot of the times the pagans believed in like the planets and the stars aligning and whatever, um, determining how people acted or, or what took place. Yes, God is the creator of those things as well, but the stars right. don't determine our personalities, and so we don't believe in astrology. Right. So oh, that's why they were very clear about it. Right. Anyway, sorry, man, I'm, I'm totally putting you on the spot here. No, 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 but okay. A little education, a little orthodoxy 101 or maybe 201, who knows. Okay. Uh, second question, if we're ready to move on. Yes. Um, so, by and large, 90% of the time that we celebrate liturgy, we celebrate the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom in the Orthodox Church. All right? And St. John Chrysostom's liturgy is what we celebrate also on Christmas Day. Um, whose liturgy, what saint's liturgy, or what liturgy that is attributed to having been written by a saint, do we celebrate on Christmas Eve? And basically on the eve of every feast, just about. I want to see St. Basil. St. Basil is correct. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Very see. good. Yeah. That's why I think also for you know, the Vasilopita, the New Year, isn't it? After That's right. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So for those those folks listening, you can't see his face, but but I can see him on Skype. And Chris uh, made a big smile right there when he got the answer <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, St. Basil, we tend to celebrate on eves of feast. So eve of Theophany. Christmas Eve, also Good Friday, also Holy Saturday morning, right. and other times throughout the year, there are, um, you know, uh, St. Basil's Liturgy. So, yeah, so there we go. And lastly, um, we in question number three, uh, in the West and in this country, we hear about the 12 days of Christmas, right? Right. Um, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with it, with how it's celebrated in the Catholic Church or in you know in uh, Western Europe, uh, liturgically anyway. Um, but uh, in terms of the duration of the feast day for us, how many days do we celebrate Christmas from Christmas Day on? This is kind of a tough one. Do you know? Is it forty? Uh, no, no. Uh, it okay. is. It is forty days is before Christmas. Right. So well, if. Advent. if to Christmas. Okay. Yeah, if we if if the twelve days of Christmas is um, I'm not if it's before Christmas then that was that was the correct answer but but after Christmas we actually celebrate the duration of the feast for six six days yes okay so it's six so it's six days and then you could make the case that it's twelve between the time of Christmas and the time of Theophany right um, which which is actually a bigger feast in our church um, in a lot of ways because it's Christ's baptism absolutely so the beginning the beginning of his ministry and the beginning of salvation in that way. Um, you could say it's a 12-day feast for us as well, but but technically speaking, we do the hymns of Christmas for six days after Christmas. And in the old, well, what they call the old calendar church, or the, I believe, the Uniates, they celebrate Little Christmas on January 6th, and that notion is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to explain how that came about with the calendar. I don't remember exactly the unit reason, if they have a different reason than anybody else, but but basically um, the, the Orthodox Church for most of its history has operated on that calendar, actually. Um, you know, um, And uh, at some point, in fact, in the early 20th century, the Patriarchate of Constantinople decided that, you know, we have to align ourselves with the Western world a little bit more so that we can kind of interact with everybody a little bit more. Um, you know, so they wanted to line up a lot of the holidays with the West. And by that point, there was a lot of Orthodox in the diaspora as well who would yes. come to 
America, I mean, United States and Canada and Australia and Western Europe. So they wanted to mix in a little bit in that way. So um, the the Greek churches um, went to the new calendar, went to the Western calendar, basically. Most of the churches, I think, uh, the Russians, the Slavs, um, sit on the old calendar. Um, right. So it's still 13 days. I mean, so, and by the way, this is only a different, these are only different feast days for the, um, uh, what's called the immovable feast. So the day, the feast days that have a set date on the calendar, like December 25th, um, January 6th, those are the days that differ. The days that are movable feasts, like Pascha, Pentecost, Ascension, um, these days are still aligned in the entire Orthodox world. But it's not a theological difference of any kind at all. Um, so that's why we're still in communion with um, the Russians and the Slavs. Um, you know, and the uh, I believe the Romanians too. I could be wrong, but, but, um, but whereas so it's Easter, not a difference. whereas Easter, yeah. the formula I believe is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's the it's the it's the same as the West, but we always follow Jewish Passover, the first right. moon after the first vernal equinox, after Jew, after Jewish Passover. So that's why it's always different in terms of either a week, the same day, or 40 days. You are either a devout and well-read Orthodox Christian, <laughs> or you have or you have a wife who teaches Sunday school. <laughs> Both. <laughs> God willing, God willing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Jul it's Julian versus Gregorian, but um, yeah, calendar, right. but yeah. So Under yeah, Julius, and that comes from Julius Caesar back in the times of the Roman times. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, so very interesting. Yes. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Well, I guess I got uh, technically one. Yeah, I, I, I screwed up that last one, and I didn't think simply <laughs> enough for Angel. But okay. Yeah. You know, those might have been those might have been a little too tough. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of was thinking about what to what to tell people in the who, who are listening. It might be a good education too. You know what it is? I'm just thinking so you know specific that Angel's kind of very simple. You know, I was like, <laughs> why didn't I say Angel? You know, that makes sense. You did you did great, man. Don't yeah. worry. Okay. Well, it was great uh, again as usual, and we are I guess ending the year with this episode. 2019 what a what a busy tumultuous year for this family um but you know we made it through god willing we'll make it through many many more uh, unscathed uh, from life's hardships but you know we uh, eventually we'll close our eyes one day and be with our our lord and our savior and our loved ones and we've been promised that so i don't there's not much fear there it's just much more of a uh, if and when uh, i accept that so and uh well glad you're still here and we yeah. hope to have you around for a long long time and glad yeah. that everything's okay now thank you thank you and uh for everybody in the family uh nicholas's anastasia's uh any name days this month and uh if you're a christo for your son on christmas day and, and for uh, you and your son as well. Yeah. Well, Constantine, we, we do celebrate in, in the spring, but he kind of celebrates, because he's little, he celebrates with me because his middle name is Christos. So, you know, ah, we, it's official it. on his birth certificate. So we figured, cool. why not? He he, got, he has both Papu's names, and uh, that's why we, my Papu's names. So uh, that, uh, well, his Papu is Christo, and my Papu is Constantine. And I think I told you I was supposed to be the Constantine, but my brother didn't want me named Constantine. He wanted me named after my father because my pap my papu Constantine, which was my mother's father, died prior years before I was born. He's like, I I want to name the baby. I want to name them after my daddy. 
And they were like, okay, we'll give up tradition and go for it. So that's how that happened. So when my mom was ill, and we said, we will name the baby after your father in honor. And she was very happy. But uh, God bless her. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, any message to those out there listening for the holidays that you want a special message? Well, um, just, you know, Merry Christmas and let us thank God for all that we have. Absolutely. And let us pray for those less fortunate than we are during the holidays, because obviously holidays are a very difficult time, both with the weather and, you know, emotionally for those who have lost people. Um, so we just we thank God for what we have and we pray for those who are um, less fortunate than we are, right. as and Jesus did. Absolutely. And if you can take part in actually physically giving back, going to a soup kitchen, helping. And I'm not just saying for this part of the year, because that's when you see it happen a lot. But every day of your life, if you can give back a little to your community, to your church, to your fellow human being, um, then you're truly living the life of Christ. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank Thanks, you, guys. Chris. Thank you, Father. And we'll be talking in the new year. And God bless everyone out there and have a safe and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Safe travels to everybody. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.